Welcome to Outbless Weekly, the four-day-a-week Bible study led by Michael Metcalf. Join us live or listen to Outbless Weekly podcast later at outbless.com. Listen as Michael teaches the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, in an easy-to-understand format as he is led by the Holy Spirit and brings the Word to life. Listeners learn how God outblessed us all by sending Jesus Christ to die on a cross to pay for our sins and how God raised him from the dead three days later. Jesus is the risen Lord and Savior and is actively working in every believer's life to outbless them today. Come and listen to the heart of a servant and be outblessed again. Well, Father God, we want to just come before your mighty throne of grace again today to say thank you, Lord. Thank you that we can come into this room and study your word again together. And so I pray, Lord, that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you would help each one of us, Lord, to kind of cast off our to-do list for the day, where our minds and our hearts are sometimes filled with many things that we need to be doing. But your word says that we should seek first the kingdom and your righteousness, and that if we would do that first, that all these other things that we need would just be added unto us. So Lord, that's why we come into this room every day at noon in the middle of our day to try to make sure that we're keeping you first and make sure that we're, that we're keeping the main thing the main thing. So Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for sending your son to die on a cross to pay for our sin. And that is the main thing. And so Lord, help us to remember that. Help us, Lord, to be all about that and help us, God, to have spiritual eyes to see and spiritual ears to hear the condition of those that are around us. And Father, if we meet anyone today or in the coming days and weeks or months ahead, I pray, Lord, that the things that we've studied in this room together would be on the tip of our tongue and we'd be ready to share it. And so, Father, help us, Lord, to know your word, to understand your word, and to be doers today as we study it. And we commit this time to you, God. We ask that you would be our teacher, Lord, not me. And so thank you, Father, for your word, and thank you for being with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, Psalm chapter 13. You guys are probably uh, sick of hearing me tell you this, but it's a very short chapter. (laughs) It's only six verses. And yet, it's, it's packed full of important information that we all need to know, again. And so, if you've got your Bibles, turn to Psalm chapter 13. The title of this message is prayer for help in trouble. And it is addressed to, it says for the music director, a Psalm of David. And so Psalm chapter 13, verse one says, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? And I I have to just stop and pause and contemplate that and chew on that and maybe unpack it for you. First of all, it's a prayer for help in trouble. It seems like there's a reoccurring theme in the first 13 chapters of Psalms. It seems like uh, David just keeps crying out and asking for help. And then he's thanking God. And then he's asking for help. And then he's thanking God. And he's asking for help. And he's thanking thanking God. Do you see the pattern? And so there's a lot of prayer that's going on in Psalms because there's a lot going on in David's life. 
And so he starts this chapter, verse 13, by saying three words. Here they are. How long, Lord? And so it seems that maybe David is getting impatient, waiting for the Lord to help. And so I thought about that last night. And I thought, what about me? Am I seemingly getting impatient for God to answer some prayer, some request? And maybe some of you too today would ask yourself that question. How about you? Are you getting impatient about something that's in your heart today? Maybe like David, the next thing he said is he said, will you forget me forever? That's pretty dramatic. David seems to think that the Lord has forgotten him. And so again, I had to ask myself the question, how about me? Or how about you? Does it seem like because God has not answered your prayer yet, that maybe you think he's forgotten about you? I know if you're honest with yourself, you would probably say, yeah, you know what? Sometimes I've been waiting and waiting on the Lord. I've been asking him to help and I haven't got the answer yet. And, and sometimes enough time goes by that you wonder if he's ever going to answer that. And so if you're starting to think that he might not answer your prayer, here's what I want to tell you. It's a trick. And so there's a progression that's going on here. First, we begin to think, how long, Lord? Then we begin to think that the Lord has forgotten us. Then we think that the Lord might never answer. Do you see the progression of the negative thought? And so if you break that down and you consider it in your heart for a second, what you're really going to see is it starts with doubt, it transitions to worry, and then it becomes fear, right? You start to doubt something. You start to doubt whether God's listening to you or whether he heard your prayer. And then you start worrying that he's not going to answer it. And then you have fear that maybe he's never going to answer it. And so it's this negative progression that happens. It's kind of faith, but it's in reverse. It's negative believing. And it's definitely not from God. And so to put a little icing on this cake, what does David say next? He said, how long will you hide your face from me? And so how long has it been since you saw God's face? Does he seem like he's hiding his face from you? Like maybe he doesn't want to see you or because of some recent sin maybe that you've committed? You see, when we sin, often it makes us not want to seek God's face. And so don't let sin block you. What you need to do is ask for forgiveness and mean it with your heart. Because God will forgive you instantly and he's ready to forgive you and listen to you right now. You see, God never wants to be separated from you. He never wants you to be far away from him. And this is why he says in his word, pray without ceasing. And so David, we know David is a, is a man of tremendous faith. We know that David fought Goliath. We know that David chased after a bear and removed the sheep from its mouth. We know that David chased after a lion and removed the sheep from its mouth. And so there's all these great examples of David's faith in the Bible, but yet Psalm is also full of these periods in David's life where he says, how long, Lord, will you forget me? Or how long will you hide your face from me? You see, David was also a man of some doubt, worry, and fear occasionally. 
And I hope that that's an encouragement to some of you today because sometimes if we're honest, we do. We start to have some doubt, some worry, some fear. We're not sure if God heard the prayer. We're not sure if he's gonna answer. And sometimes we get so impatient and so disenchanted that we think we don't, we're not sure if he's ever gonna answer it. But I'm here to tell you, brothers and sisters, it's a trick. It's a trick from the devil. That's not from God. Those thoughts are not from God. Because God said that if you ask him anything in Jesus' name, according to his will, it'll be so. And so don't believe that lie. That's just Satan's favorite tool. It's called discouragement. He wants to discourage you. He wants to discourage me. And he wants, it, he wants you to think that for some reason that God doesn't hear your prayers. But what you're gonna learn today and what you're gonna continue to learn throughout the book of Psalms is God is alive, he's well, he hears your prayers, and he's gonna answer them. And so over and over and over again, the word of God gives us that reassurance. And so in verse two, David is still on his negative path for a moment. He says, how long am I to feel anxious in my soul with grief in my heart all the day? That's pretty curious. How long am I to feel anxious in my soul? David's asking how long. What he's really saying is how much longer, God? How much longer are you gonna make me wait? And maybe some of you are feeling like that too. Maybe some of you wanna ask God that same question this morning. He said, How long am I to feel anxious in my soul? Notice that it says, am I to feel anxious? Anxiety is a feeling, it's an emotion, and it is the result of buying into the lies of the devil and his demons. God said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be known to God with thanksgiving and the peace that surpasses all human comprehension will rule in your heart and in your mind through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's Philippians 4, 6. That's one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. I commit that one to memory. And I hope that you will too, because you could take that one back out and use it and reuse it and reuse it every time that you're feeling like David is in this chapter. Well, he wasn't just feeling anxious, but notice this. He said that he was feeling anxious in my soul. Your soul is that part of you that goes on to live forever. David's anxiety was so deep down, it was in his soul. He swallowed the bait. He took took it hook, line, and sinker. (laughs) And so this is when your emotion goes into your soul. It's like you swallow it. These words that came out of his mouth that had doubt, worry, and fear, he swallowed it, and now it's actually affecting his soul, which means his eternity, like it's affecting his entire relationship with God. And he goes on to say with this, notice this, with grief in my heart all day. Grief is the response to loss, particularly to the loss of someone or some living thing that has died, to which a bond or an affection was formed. Although conventionally focused on the emotional response to loss, Grief also has physical, cognitive, behavioral, social, cultural, spiritual, and philosophical dimensions. 
That's what Wikipedia says about it. And so grief can have a can do you physical harm. It can do you mental mental harm. It can hurt you in many different ways. And David was declaring that he's feeling this anxiety and grief in his heart all day. That means he could think of nothing else all day long. Something's really bothering him. And so too, some of you today, maybe you're grieving about something or maybe you feel like that. It might be the loss of a loved one or it might be some other thing that you just want it so bad and for some reason it hasn't happened for you. And so you think that maybe God doesn't love you or that God doesn't hear your prayers or whatever that negative comment is. It's not true. God loves you and he doesn't want you to be grieving like that. Listen to this verse in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. It says, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who are asleep so that you will not grieve as indeed the rest of mankind do who have no hope. So we're not to be uninformed about those who are asleep. That means those who have died. That we should not grieve as the rest of mankind does who have no hope. See, they have no hope because they don't have Christ. But if you have Christ in your heart, then you know that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so you know that those people that you have lost in your life, that you love, they're in heaven. And that you're going to be reunited with them. And that you're going to be with them for all eternity. You're not going to be separated. And so why should we grieve? Let's continue in 1 Thessalonians 4 just for a minute. Let me read the next couple verses to you. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead, so also God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep through Jesus. For we say this to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not proceed those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then uh, we who are alive, who remain, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Wow. We are to comfort each other with these words that those people that we love that have fallen asleep or died before us are going to be brought back to life by God himself and that we're going to be gathered together with them and we're going to meet the Lord in the air with our family. That is such an encouraging word. I hope that it's speaking to somebody today. Maybe somebody on this study or maybe someone who's going to listen to this study later is grieving because of the loss of a loved one. But if you know this great truth, it's going to help you not to grieve the way that regular mankind does because you can rest assured that your family and your friends are going to be reunited in heaven for all eternity. And so what God has said to me last night was focus on that day instead of the rest of today. You see, David was focusing on the rest of today. Whatever this negative doubt, worry, fear thing was he was going through, he was looking at today and he wasn't looking forward to the day in which he was going to be reunited with the Lord and all those he loves.
And so maybe the answer to this is to take the lens of your life and refocus on what day you're considering looking at. You see the glory that's yours in heaven and all the blessings that God has prepared for you in advance is not worthy to be compared to the trials and tribulations of this life. In other words, it's so worth it. There is nothing that you're going to ever go through in this life that can compare to that. And it's yours and it's coming. It's in your future. That day's coming. Well, let's continue now. Let's go back and finish up Psalm He says, how long will my enemy be exalted over me? Wow, David's really on a roll. First, he starts talking about doubting whether God's hearing his prayers and how long he's going to have to wait and whether he's ever going to answer his prayers or not. And now he says, how long will my enemies be exalted over me? Can you feel how worn out David is? Can you see that David's son, Absalom, is now chasing him around the country trying to kill him and... You guys know the story. David was even hiding in caves. And so here we have a single sentence seemingly all alone. And so too, when we feel all alone, we sometimes wonder how long those who are evil are going to continue to win. But in this case, it's personal. He says, my enemy. And then he said, exalted over me. And so do you feel that you have a personal enemy and seemingly they're exalted over you? The words that God gave me last night as I studied this is, fear not, little flock. Your shepherd sees all. And so verse three, he said, consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. Enlighten my eyes or I will sleep the sleep of death and my enemy will say I have overcome him and my adversaries will rejoice when I am shaken. Consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. David wants God to consider it. David's asking God to consider what he's praying about. And so too, we should be praying to God to consider those things that we're praying for as well. When's the last time that you went to God the Father and said, Father, Would you please look down from your high place in heaven and consider that which I'm going through and answer me, Lord, as I pray? That's the key. Not only do you ask God to consider, but you ask God to answer you. And so notice that David doesn't forget the and, and answer me, oh Lord, my God. And so notice that David expects God to answer because he is his Lord and his God. He has a personal relationship with him. And so too, if you have a personal relationship with God, through the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name, God's going to answer your prayers too. And so we should pray that same prayer. And answer me, O Lord, my God. Don't forget the and as you cry out. And answer me, O Lord, my God. And then he says, enlighten my eyes or I will sleep the sleep of death. To enlighten one's eyes means to help them to see. It means to bring understanding, enlightenment, to shed light on a situation. 
I bet you haven't prayed that for a while. I know I hadn't until I read this last night again. And I said, God, enlighten my eyes, Lord. Help me understand why I'm in the situation that I'm in. Help me understand that which is going on around me. Give me spiritual eyes to see, Lord, what you're trying to do. And then David said, or I will sleep the sleep of death. David seems to imply that he needs enlightenment by God ASAP before he dies. Maybe David realizes he's merely just flesh and bone and his days are numbered. Unlike God, who has no beginning or end. Or it could be that David's just his old-fashioned impatience again. Like, hurry up, God, or I'm going to die from exhaustion. And if you're honest with yourself, you might be in that place today. You might be crying out to God about something, and it's been so long that you feel like you're going to die because he hasn't answered you yet. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. I find it interesting that David doesn't want his enemies to be able to speak lies, like taking a victory lap too early in the race. David's enemies had not overcome him, nor will God allow your enemies to overtake you. But this great man, David, the one that conquered Goliath, the one that chased down the lion and the bear, saved the sheep, did all these amazing things, we find later in his life he's hiding in a cave from his son and from an army that's trying to kill him. Even after God did so many great things with him. But did his enemies come into the cave and kill David? No, they didn't. Did God ever allow David's enemies really to overtake him? No, he didn't. And is God really going to ever allow you to be overtaken by your enemies? No, he won't. But David says, and my adversaries will rejoice when I'm shaken. When David finally cracks, his faith finally falters for a few minutes. His enemies would rejoice over the harm that's caused to David. David never wants to this, this to happen, and hence his prayer. And God is faithful. And God is not going to allow this to happen to David because God hears your prayers and God answers your prayers. And that's the point of what we're studying today is that even though David has doubt, worry, and fear, he's still going into prayer and he's still trusting God will answer. And so I might, you might, we might have moments where our faith cracks. We may have moments of weakness. And so here's what I want to tell you, brothers. Let's read verse five. But I have trusted in your faithfulness. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. This is the answer, my friends, to these moments in life where you feel that your faith is cracking. He said, I have trusted in your faithfulness. That means David's not going to consider the length of time that has expired and still no answer. He's not going to consider the difficulty of the situation he's in, whatever that might be. And he's not going to try to hurry God up into doing something. And so what does it mean? It means David's going to wait patiently knowing that God is good and that God has a good plan and that David nearly needs to go along with God's plan and God's timing and wait on him. And David can do this 
because he knows that God will be faithful to do what he promised in his word. God is not a man that he should lie. And so as you remember that, if God is not a man that he should lie and you remember the promises of his word, that he will hear your prayer, that he will answer your prayer, that he does know what's going on in your life, then notice what he says next. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. And so David shall rejoice from the heart. It's from the heart. I want, I want to point that out. It's from the heart and it's in your salvation. So what is he going to rejoice about? Is he rejoicing about the tribulation that he's in now or the doubt, the worry, the fear, the circumstances that he's in now? No, he's going to rejoice in your salvation. That's a direct reference to what God did on the cross for us so that we could get into heaven. And so because of that, David knows he's going to go to heaven. Because of that, you and I should know we're going to heaven. Because of that, you can rejoice. Even if you're in the midst of something difficult, because you know where your end goal is, you know where you're gonna end up, you should be able to rejoice anyway. And salvation, by the way, is what has been done. It's, it's past tense. It's what God has already done. He's already saved us from sin and death by faith. And he says this word selah, which means think about it. And so how about me? How about you today? Is our heart rejoicing over his salvation of ourselves that he paid for your sin for mine? And so one of the one of the ways to get yourself out of this funk that David found himself in is to remember that you're saved. Remember that God bought you with a price, the price of his own blood. And he willingly shed it for you and for me so that you could go to heaven without having to worry about your track record or the mistakes that you've made again and again and again. And so I hope that you're gonna let that settle in your heart today. And now here's the result, verse six. He said, I will sing to the Lord because he has looked after me. This is the result if you're rejoicing in Jesus, our savior, it says, I will sing to the Lord. True revelation of Jesus Christ makes you want to sing. It just makes you break forth in the singing. It wells up inside you until you can't keep it quiet anymore and it comes out your mouth because he has looked after me. What does that mean? Because this is the reason, so pay attention to this. Because he's looked after me, notice that it's him. Notice that he has, that's past tense, looked after me. What does it mean? It means to make sure that you're safe, to make sure that you have clothes and water, to make sure that you have food, to make sure to look after everything that concerns you, your health, your marriage, your family, your emotion, your mental state, your spiritual health, your finances, your love, even your service unto other people. God's looking after you. And so let us learn from our brother David not to doubt God this morning any further that he hears our prayer or that he's not gonna answer our prayer because he is and he's looking after you and me. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you for the word. 
And thank you, God, that we have examples in your word like David, who there were times in his walk where his faith was not always steady Eddie. Because, Lord, we're human, and sometimes, Lord, we get impatient. And sometimes we think you just don't hear anymore, or that you're never going to hear, or that you're never going to take action. And we know from studying your word that those are lies, that the devil is just trying to discourage us. So, Father, would you help every brother and sister in this room, every brother and sister on this call, to not be worn out, to not give up, but to stay in that place of faith where they keep talking to you, they keep praying to you, they keep uh, believing that you hear, and they keep expecting to get an answer. And thank you, God, that you will answer. And thank you, God, that you did answer David's prayers. And you did protect David. And so these things were written for our learning, Lord. And so, Father, help us, God, along our journey, even when we have moments of breaks in our faith. Thank you that you're faithful even when we're not. And thank you for the power of your word. And thank you for strengthening each one of us today. And I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Awesome. Thank you for listening to Outbless Weekly, the four-day-a-week Bible study by Michael Metcalf. If this study helped you, please join us again four days a week at outbless.com. You can listen live or listen later at your convenience. And don't forget to go outbless someone else today by sharing what you have learned. May the Lord richly bless you as you continue to study and seek His face.